You're listening to an Economy Matters podcast produced by the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. The Federal Open Market Committee concluded a two-day meeting earlier today. The pace of job today. growth has been strong. Downside risks to the outlook for the economy. The number economy. of Fed officials. The shadow banking system is large. We've come a long way since the darkest day of the financial crisis. Welcome back to another episode of the Economy Matters podcast. I'm Tom Heinches, managing editor of the Atlanta Fed's Economy Matters magazine. I'm so pleased you're with me today because we're going to talk to one of the Atlanta Fed's newest research economists, Veronica Pensiakova. Welcome to the podcast, Veronica. I hope it's the first of many appearances here. Thanks so much for inviting me, Tom. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Veronica has co-authored a very interesting piece of research. Uh, It's a paper titled Synergizing Ventures, and it's about the role of venture capital in the growth and development of businesses. And we're going to talk about that paper today. Um, and before we go much further, Veronica, I should mention your your co-authors on the paper. Oh, boy, I'm going to need help with these names. Uh, I will leave those names to you, in fact. <laughs> Absolutely. So this project is uh, joint work with some amazing co-authors. Ufuk Akjit at the University of Chicago, Emin Dindlersas at the U.S. Census Bureau, and Jeremy Greenwood at the University of Pennsylvania. Okay, I'm glad I left those names to you. Uh, well, Veronica, let me start off by asking you, um, what led you in and your co-authors to undertake this research? Uh, what, what was the original impetus behind it? So we really started off by kind of thinking about what makes some firms into superstars, right? Because in the U.S. economy, the vast majority of startups either fail or remain small throughout their lives. So very few firms kind of take off. And those that do manage to take off, they can become really important for aggregate economic growth and innovation in the U.S. And so what we really want to do is we want to understand kind of how do these firms become so important? And there's going to be a lot of factors that can play a role. And we focus in this paper on one in particular, access to venture capital funding. And we think this venture capital funding is super interesting because it plays these two roles, two complementary roles in both kind of identifying promising startups and then also subsequently fostering their growth and innovation. And so this really led us to the core question of the paper, which is how important are, is venture capital funding for aggregate growth and innovation in the U.S. economy? Yeah, well, we're going to touch on that. But um I wanted to get you to talk for a minute about the origin of what we what we know today as as venture capital, or as you call it in your paper, VC. Uh, when did VC become a major force in, in the business environment? That's a great question, Tom. And let me just take it actually one step back and answer an even more basic question: What actually is venture capital funding to begin with, right? And so, venture capital funding is money that's invested in usually young companies, sort of your startups, right? And it's invested in exchange for ownership stakes. So all that means is that the funder owns a piece of the companies that they fund. And kind of generally speaking, venture capital funding is seen as pretty risky. Why? Because they're funding startups and there's a lot of uncertainty associated with these startups. So in particular, you can think about, you know, these startups are potentially not going to be successful in bringing their ideas to market. Are they going to be successful in building a customer base, right? But the reason why venture capital funding is important is because it can bring, or why venture capitalists do it, is because it can bring them a lot of profits. And that usually happens when the startups have gone through the initial phases and are either acquired by existing companies or issue stocks on the, on the stock market, right? Beca- go public, sure. as we say. And so kind of going more to your question, 
venture capital funding has been around for decades. So in the 1980s, it accounted for about, I think, $600 million annually. And it's gone through these ebbs and flows. So probably unsurprisingly, it played a really important role during the tech boom of the late 1990s. So around 1999-2000, it accounted for about $100 billion. And then whenever the bubble burst, it became less important. But in recent years, we've seen a resurgence. So if you think about, let's say, the last five years, on average annually, VC has accounted for about $90 billion annually. Well, um, that's a lot of money. Is it spread across a lot of firms, or how would you characterize that? So no, actually, and that's super important, is we're talking about a lot of money, but it's only going on average to about 8,000 firms each year. Wow. Well, is there a way for you to give me an idea of how important venture capital is in today's business environment? Yes, exactly. So remember, we're talking about few firms. And the core of this paper, the question is, does it matter for the aggregate economy? And so the reason it does is because the firms that get funded actually end up punching above their own weight. Mm -hmm. And so really what I mean by this is we see it in our own lives, kind of in everyday life, because firms like Facebook, Amazon, Google, all got funded by venture capital funding. And their household names now. Their household names, they matter for the market, they matter for employment, right? And so because venture capital funding is a form of investment and some of these firms end up becoming publicly listed, one way they matter is in terms of that market, right? So Jeremy Greenwood, one of my co-authors, has another paper with two co-authors, Pengfei Han and Juan Sanchez, where they show that back in the 1980s, venture capital financed firms accounted for only 4% of firms that were publicly listed. Right. Today, it's 20%, wow. and they account for 20% of market capitalization. Wow. So in terms of the market economy, venture capital funding matters. But in our paper, we focus more on the real side of the economy, things like employment and innovation. And what we show is that while amongst all firms in the U.S. economy, venture capital funded ones are only about 0.1%, but they, over a 10-year horizon, account for about 4% of total employment in the U.S. Wow. So they're really punching above their that own really weight. His above the weight. Yeah. Um, well, your research mentions the importance of a firm having a, a patent or trademark early in its existence. Uh, what's the importance of this? Is it because of the importance of intellectual property, or does the importance extend beyond just IP? So it actually, we think it does extend uh, beyond just IP. And one way to think about it is in terms of a signaling device, right? And there can be various ways of thinking about this. So one is, as I mentioned, most firms in the US that start don't grow. And in fact, don't have any intention of growing. And so the very fact that some of these, there are startups in the economy that are getting early patenting and early trademarks might be an indication that these firms are different that they have some intention to become larger, to grow. Now, from a financing side, there's an additional signal that they're sending, right? What they're sending is a signal that my idea is novel. Because to get a patent, to get a trademark, you have to prove that your idea is novel. So it's a signaling device, both in terms of wanting to grow and in terms of having a novel idea. And that's obviously appealing to BC. Absolutely. Right. Well. Um, why would a firm have no intention of growing? I mean, you mentioned that. To me, that's a kind of a remarkable statement. Why is that? 
Well, you can think of a lot of different sectors where you don't need to become a Facebook or an Amazon, right? Think about restaurants. Restaurants generally, there are some conglomerates, but they're generally small. You can also think about um, dry cleaners, mom and pop shops. There's a lot of businesses out there when you think about your neighborhood, for example, that are not part of the Walmarts, that are not part of the Targets. Uh, and so that's there's a lot of firms like that in the economy. Sure, sure. Great points. Well, Veronica, is there a difference between a firm that seeks backing from, from a more traditional bank and one that attracts VC backing? Well, yeah. And, and we've already started talking a little bit about this. So when you think about from the point of view of a venture capitalist, what they're really looking for is a firm that shows a lot of promise. And so you can think about the fact that firms that are going to get venture capital funding are going to be these firms that show a lot of promise. Mm -hmm. And so what you see and we show in our paper, firms that get venture capital funding tend to be younger. So for example, about 57% of firms that eventually get venture capital funding actually get it by the time they hire their first employee. Yeah. So, and in addition, because they want the most promising firms, they're also going to be looking for firms that are growing. So venture capital funded firms are some of the fastest growing in the early years and also have some of the most uh, promising early patents. I see. Well, is, is, um, are there traits that VC backers tend to look for, common traits among the firms that will attract VC? So, like I mentioned before, venture capitalists have this incentive to find the most promising startups. And there can be different ways that they think about it. So, one, you're going to have firms that are young. So, about 57% of firms that get funded get funded by the time they have their first employee. They're also looking for firms that are innovative. So, it's going to be these firms that have early patents or trademarks. They're going to be firms that have good business ideas or are entering into markets that maybe are growing. And then also, you want firms that have an intention to and have shown a promise to grow. So that's why you're going to also get VC funding going to firms that are fast growing in something like their first three years. And those are actually things that we emphasize in our paper and we see in the data. But there's also a paper by Gompers, Gornall, and Kaplan and Strabulev that actually do a survey of VC funders. And they find, in addition to these kind of tangible things that we just talked about, there's other more intangible aspects that venture capitalists uh, care about. And those can be things like the quality of a management team or those kinds of factors that are harder to quantify in the data. Right. Well, you mentioned uh, the importance of, uh, of VC to young firms. I wanted to drill down into that a little bit more. Uh, your research says that over 40% of VC-funded firms receive their first funding in their first year as an employer business. And about 15% of them receive their first funding before they even hire their first employee. Uh, why is this? Is it because their core idea has such a strong appeal to VC backers that there's a rush to get in on the ground floor of the next big thing? So that's certainly part of it, Tom. But you can also think about it both in terms of why it's advantageous from the point of view of the firm that's getting funded, so the startup, and also of the VC that's doing the funding. So from the point of view of the startup, there's a lot of costs associated with starting a business, right? You have a lot of fixed costs associated with building your team, with bringing your idea 
to scale to market with finding a customer base. And all of that stuff costs money. Mm -hmm. And so venture capitalists can come in early and provide that kind of financing. But on top of that, there's also a reputation that comes with being able to actually get venture capital funding. And that might, moving forward, help the firms or the startups grow their business even more. And then the other thing that we emphasize in our paper is that, and we'll talk about this, I think, a little bit more, is that venture capitalists provide additional value to the firms that they fund. They're going to be able to provide some expertise that helps them moving forward and growing. And the best time from the point of view of a firm that's getting funded that they can benefit from that advice is going to be when they're pretty young. And how about from the point of view of the VC funder from that side? Exactly. So there's several reasons, and you've kind of touched on some of them. They want to find the next big thing because this is going to be the kind of venture that can possibly succeed and it can bring them a lot of profits in the future. But kind of on top of that, you can think that there's these VCs a lot of times are pretty hands-on. And so they're going to be able to have bigger influence in molding the trajectory of the firm the earlier that they get involved. Right. But not all VC backers are, are created equal, are they? Uh, what, what characteristics do successful VC backers demonstrate that, that maybe are exceptional? So absolutely. Just as not all startups are the same, not all venture capitalists are the same. Right. And there's actually some research going on that is trying to understand what makes some venture capitalists more successful than others. So in particular, there is a paper by Nanda, Samila, and Sorensen that emphasizes the importance of early success of venture capitalists. So kind of these funders being in the right place at the right time when they were founded. And what that does is it builds a reputation, and it can mean that better deals or better startups are approaching these venture capitalists, and that perpetuates their success. Another important thing is going to be networks, right? Because as I mentioned, venture capitalists play a pretty hands-on role with the firms that they fund. And so having a broad network that they can use to connect the startups with customers or experts in their area can be beneficial. So I guess that speaks to the role of VC experience. Exactly. And that's kind of how we summarize it in the context of our paper. We think that VC experience and the way we measure it in particular is going to be the number of deals that they're involved in is going to speak to these various aspects that I just discussed, right? What it's going to do is if you've been involved in more deals, you're likely to have a bigger network. And you, because you've been involved in so many deals, likely to have had some early success that has let you continue to participate in this industry. Sure. Well, in your paper, Veronica, you write about the importance of the match between the VC backer and the firm. Uh, and that match can matter more than the actual money the backer brings to the table, can it? Absolutely. And so up until this point, we've been talking about this channel in terms of the importance of venture capital funding as these venture capitalists targeting promising startups. But they play this additional role. As I've mentioned a couple of times, they can be pretty hands-on. And so in our paper, we emphasize the importance of the synergies that are going to exist between the funder and the firms that they fund. Mm -hmm. And the synergies can take what kinds of forms? Well, we can look at this paper by Gompers and co-authors that surveyed venture capital funders. And what they found is that 60% of VCs actually interact on a weekly basis wow. with the firms that they fund. And kind of more than that, over 80% of them provide strategic guidance Two-thirds of them provide operational guidance. And on top of these important contributions, they also help firms connect to customers. 
They help even in the hiring process of board members and down to employees. So I guess that's uh, that's more than a traditional bank would would bring to the arrangement. Exactly. And so while both funders, VC funders and banks provide financing, VC funders through their experience provide these additional benefits that can support firm growth and innovation moving forward. Right. Well, you write that a VC-funded startup that reaches the top 10% of firms has a much higher employment level than a non-VC-funded firm. Uh, for example, a non-VC-funded firm has only 16% of the employment of a VC-funded startup. That's 16, not 16. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, what explains this discrepancy? That's, that's pretty dramatic. So this dramatic discrepancy is actually coming exactly through these two channels we've been talking about. So on the one hand, the firms that are getting funded are already better, right, than the average firm in the U.S. economy. So part of that discrepancy is going to be coming from just the higher overall quality of the firms. But the second aspect is the second channel. It's the synergies that exist between VC funders and the firms that they fund, right? And so in our paper, what we do is we compare the employment trajectory of firms that are funded by venture capitalists with other firms that never get funding, but that look similar whenever they're young. And we find the discrepancy continues. And we think that part of that is actually coming from the networks, the expertise that the venture capitalists are able to provide, which facilitate and foster the subsequent employment growth and innovation of the startups. Non-financial. The non-financial, yeah. exactly. Right. Veronica, one striking fact that you know in your research is for every VC-funded startup, there are more than 1,000 non-VC-funded startups. And while they account for only 0.1% of all startups, VC-funded startups account for 3.7% of total employment 10 years after their first funding. I actually had to read that more than once to make sure I wasn't misinterpreting it. That's pretty remarkable. Absolutely, it is. And this is exactly why we thought it was interesting and important to think about venture capital funding and its importance for the aggregate economy. Because the firms that these VCs fund end up punching up above their weight so much. And there's kind of two reasons why this is probably happening. One is they're funding already better firms, right? They have higher quality patents to start with. They're growing fast early in their life. But beyond that, what we've been talking about is all of this additional value that venture capitalists are providing to the firms that they're funding via expertise, networks, and subsequent funding. And all of this means that they're providing a supportive environment for these firms to succeed. They're providing an environment that allows them to invest in their growth, to invest in subsequent innovation. And all of this allows them to grow and become these important firms for the aggregate economy, both in terms of employment and ultimately innovation. Uh, you know that VC-backed startups own an outsized share of patents, and we've touched on IP some today, and I want to drill down a little more deeply into, into intellectual property. Uh, Non-VC-funded startups have only 20% of the patents that VC-funded startups have. Is that partly because VC backers, as you noted earlier, tend to seek out opportunities that include intellectual property? So that's certainly part of it, right? You're going to, as a VC backer, you want to back ventures that are potentially novel. And in order to be able to get patents and have those patents approved, you need to prove that your idea is in fact different and it's novel and it can provide something new to the market. And so that targeting or the identifying of promising startups is certainly part of it. But the other thing is making subsequent innovations is costly 
And it requires knowing what the market needs. It requires financing. It requires a lot of investment, both monetarily and kind of in the form of expertise. And as we've talked about, this is precisely the kinds of things that venture capitalists can help provide firms either through their own expertise or through the expertise of their networks. Right. Well, Veronica, in your paper, you conduct what I thought was a really interesting thought experiment in which VC is shut down. Uh, Why don't you describe for us briefly the results of this experiment? This is a great question because up to now, we've really been talking about the empirical side of our paper. So this is stuff that we can see in the data. So what we can see in the data is the impact that venture capitalists have on individual firms. But it's harder in that data to get a sense of how important venture capital is for the aggregate economy. So what we do is we build a model where we think about these two channels through which venture capital is going to matter. They're going to matter because they're better able to target firms that have higher quality. And they're also going to be able to provide additional value, these synergies that exist between venture capitalists and firms. And we put that in a model and we say, okay, now let's think about some thought experiments. What if we shut each of these channels down? So the first thing we start off with is shutting down the channel by which these venture capitalists are targeting the promising firms. So what we do essentially is put a blindfold on the venture capitalists and just let them randomly choose firms to fund. Mm. If we do that, then growth declines by 1%, which is kind of small. And so what that tells us is that, yes, venture capitalists are trying to find the best firms, but sometimes they're not successful. So we go to the other extreme and we say, all right, what if instead we just put high quality firms in front of venture capitalists? If we do that, so we're improving their ability to target, growth is higher by 9%. And so that really speaks to the importance of this targeting channel. Now, the second channel that we've talked about is the ability of the financiers to provide extra value or expertise to the firms that they fund. And so now what we do in our second thought experiment is shut that channel down. So it still means that firms are getting financing from venture capitalists, but they're not getting any additional value. So essentially, venture capital funding becomes equivalent to getting money from a bank. And what do you find? And we find that this channel is super important because if you shut it down, growth declines by over 20%. Wow. Absolutely, yeah. And so in all through this thought experiment, what we really show is that venture capital funding matters for the aggregate economy, and it matters through these two channels, through the ability of venture capitalists to identify promising startups, and also in their ability to provide additional value and foster the subsequent growth and innovation of the startup. Wow, that's that's a, more than one-fifth. That's, that's a remarkable yeah. statistic. Well, Veronica, that, that's about all the time we have today, uh, but I really want to thank you for, for being on the podcast. I hope it's uh, one of many subsequent appearances. Thanks so much, Tom. This has really been delightful. I want to note that we'll have a link to the research we've been discussing on our website, frbatlanta.org, and I encourage you to look at it as it's a very interesting and, and it delves into matters that we hear about a lot these days. And that's all for this episode of the Economy Matters podcast. I'm Tom Heinges, Managing Editor of the Atlanta Fed's Economy Matters magazine. And I hope you'll also check out Economy Matters on our website at frbatlanta.org. I also hope you'll join me here next month for a new episode when we'll talk to the Atlanta Fed's Nancy Donahue about different approaches to preventing and combating data breaches. Thanks for being with us today. This has been a production of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. For more podcasts on this topic and others, please visit the Atlanta Fed's website at frbatlanta.org.